Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Kieran, the two cowboys die. What? Yes. How vague is that? How dare you spoil Once Upon a Time in Hollywood right at the start of the podcast? That wasn't what I was going for. No, I didn't think so. No, not at all. An old classic and a certain Sundance kid. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I guess it could be anything. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, I mean, that is the theme of the show, right? We spoil things potentially, sometimes by accident, sometimes on purpose. And if you didn't want to hear that spoiler there for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, thanks, Matty D, (laughs) then you really shouldn't be listening to the show. I'm stealing your bit now. It's a good movie, though. Watch it. Yes, absolutely. It's definitely worth watching. More than some of the stuff we've uh, covered so far, covered yes, so far. I'd absolutely say that. Now, typically what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for upcoming Hollywood blockbusters, and we try and predict as much of their plot as humanly possible, then we go and see the movie and see how close we got. That's right, see how predictable Hollywood writing actually is. Absolutely. Now, we're taking a break from that this week, and we're actually going to look at how predictable our writing is that's for right, a change. That's right, See if we can get even better and guess things out of thin air, see if we can bring something into the material world. From our imaginations. Now, I think this is the fourth of our special episodes. Is yeah, it the fourth? I think so. The Something title like of this episode will give that away. I don't remember yesterday, Kieran, so I'll take your word for it. And so, what Manny D and I have challenged ourselves with this week is coming up with a big screen adaptation of the Grand Theft Auto video game series. Exactly. Now, if you're not familiar with Grand Theft Auto, I can guarantee you at least you've heard the name. And if you haven't heard the name, you know the controversy. Yes, so, you know, I was about to say the controversies are more famous than the game almost. I would probably say, I suppose, per personally speaking, as a big-time Grand Theft Auto fan, that Grand Theft Auto is probably one of the world's most recognisable video game titles. I think everybody has at least some passing familiarity with the video game series in some sense, even if they've just heard about it on the news. Absolutely. So I think it's ripe for a big screen adaptation. And it's been optioned several times, several times throughout the years. They've said, you know what? It's time. It's time to do the big Grand Theft Auto movie. And it's never, ever happened. And I think it's gotten to the point where... It'll never happen? The creative heads of Rockstar have just gone, no, nah, we're never interested in making a Grand Theft Auto movie. We're just going to stick to video games. Thanks very much. And Maybe make- it's just because they saw the Max Payne movie. Yeah, and make our money off. Our online games. Yes, absolutely. Our online expansions. And the fact that all of their titles are the biggest selling titles of all time. So, yeah. should we uh, just quickly just describe what those games are? Just quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think so, I can cover that. Yeah. Well, originally the Grand Theft Auto series was conceived as a video game of cops and robbers called Race and Chase. But when they started programming the police car mechanics, they found that the. <laughs> In the game itself, the police cars would just act erratically and try and ram the main character's car off the road. So they thought it was so hilarious that they're like, why don't we make an over-the-top cops and robbers style video game where everything is just so extreme and it has this extreme level of like gratuitous violence and chaos. And we'll call it Grand Theft Auto instead. We'll make the focus on crime rather than just, you know, being a getaway driver. Is that how it started? So that's how it was born. It was originally created by DMA Design. Mm. Mind you, Matty D can confirm. I'm not reading this off anything. No, this is just not. what I know off the top this, of my head. This is Kieran's life. Yeah, I suppose it is in a way. But <laughs> DMA Design, you may recall, created the Lemmings video games. So I love those games. So they went from Lemmings. Here we are. This, this yeah. is my foot in the Grand Theft Auto universe. They went from, I like the Lemmings. You know, the Lemmings running around on the screen going, oh no. 
Well, they to, did, you did have to kill a lemming, the one that was yeah. you know, the cross guy. The guy had to sacrifice himself and blow himself up to let everybody pass the wall. I could never get past those levels because I couldn't bear to kill a lemming. Yeah, I hated killing the lemmings. Yeah. Not so much the case the random pedestrians in Grand Theft Auto, the original the 1997 dots. game. Yeah, the little spec people. But yes, the series was eventually taken over after the second installment in the early 2000s. They were taken over by the Hauser brothers, Dan Hauser and Sam Hauser. Dan Hauser being the creative force for most of Rockstar Games, specifically Grand Theft Auto Games. And they founded the Rockstar Games company. Which is probably the biggest company going right now. Yeah, if not the biggest. Labels like Red Dead Redemption, which is huge. Um, Absolutely. I think Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption are their main titles. LA, yeah, but they also did Max Payne, Max LA Payne, Noir, yeah. and other projects that just aren't as big. But they don't need to be when, you, when you're being dwarfed by Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, so after the Hauser Brothers formed Rockstar and took over the Grand Theft Auto mantle, I think they've produced 12 or 13 it could be even more now, video yeah. games within the Grand Theft Auto series. So there may never be a movie coming out, but there's definitely it's plenty not, of material to base it on out there. It's not dying anytime soon. No. Yeah, so it's typical gameplay is like open world car racing. Yeah. You can kind of do whatever you want, mission-based games. Now, originally, when the first 1997 Grand Theft Auto game came out, they created their own controversy. They actually put out fake news stories saying that there were murderers who were being inspired by the Grand Theft Auto game just to get the word of mouth out there. So that's kind of come back to bite them in the foot over the last couple of decades because... Because with every game, that's With every new game, there seems to be a new controversy. And, you know, the bigger the game, the bigger the controversy to the point where almost every second game release has been banned in most countries or heavily censored for the most part. So here in Australia, I think Grand Theft Auto 3 was banned, Vice City was banned, San Andreas was banned, 4 was banned, all in certain circumstances. We still have access to the games. We still can get our hands on them, but they were banned on varying levels Is as in like... Kmart? Uh, Target, I think the story yeah, specifically. Right. It might be Kmart as well, but still, who goes to Kmart and Target to buy video games these days? <laughs> We've got specific retailers who will give you bonuses. They'll give you points for buying video games. So Kmart and Target are just hurting their own profits by making that decision. So they might have the moral high ground, but they're not going to have the financial high ground. <laughs> so yeah, open world gameplay, known for its controversy because you're very much given an unlimited amount of freedom to do what you want. You can kill anybody. So you can kill anybody. On, and also on the other end of the spectrum you can choose not to kill anybody it's true it's true and often you're involved in crime in some capacity absolutely so you're essentially playing a video game version of a crime movie yeah. And so throughout the years, they've explored various types of crime movies. So there might be the, you know, the LA street gang crime movies or the mafia crime movies or the Tarantino-esque crime movies, Scarface, so on and so forth. All of these movies have helped inspire the plot lines of these various Grand Theft Auto games. And if those sort of movies appeal to you and they appeal to a lot of people, then these specific games are tailored to those people. Exactly. And now that we've explored the concept and I suppose the history of the video games themselves, I feel Manny like I'm D, sitting at a learning tree here. What is your history with the Grand Theft Series. So for a very long time, both my brothers loved these games. Everybody I knew loved these games. I never liked them. I would play like a few minutes into them yeah. and just never like them. You've known me for a very long time yes. and I've known you're a huge fan of them. And we've just had this mutual respect forever that it was just, I just didn't like yeah. the game. They're I not just, your thing. They weren't my thing. Until very recently, I don't know why, but I was just felt like a game where I just wanted to drive around and waste time. And I played the recent game and I've just got hooked Grand on Theft it. Grand Theft Auto 5, that is. Grand Theft Auto 5 and I played it all the way through. So I played it really late. <laughs> that's, that's a yeah. really old game now in a way. About Still- six years after its initial release. <laughs> and I had to send Kieran a kind of tail between my legs message where I was like, you know, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto a little bit after trashing it for, you know. My whole life. My whole life. And um, it's I'm kind of enjoying it. So yeah, I always used to kind of get bored of it and I used to not be good at the driving element of it. And it kind of, I lost interest in it and I was like, ah, I don't really 
really care. I don't care about the character, but you know, I recently got into the last one, so my history is pretty shallow, though, to be honest, because I didn't play any of the other games. I played it through proxy because I saw other people playing it, and they were so popular, especially Vice City and San Andreas. San Andreas was huge when I was Grand Theft Auto Four. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's well, everyone I knew hated that one, but (laughs) not me, (laughs) not you. But yeah, your history is a lot more deep than that. Yeah. I can quite simply say that... I love it. Yeah, I, I was a fan from the first time I played the first one. I remember going around to my cousin's house and he had the original 1997 one. I was like, what is this? I've got to get as much of this as humanly possible because I was really into Carmageddon at the same time. You remember that game? Nope. Very similar style game, but pre-Grand Theft Auto. So it was like a racing car game where you essentially can take great delight in uh, plowing over every pedestrian who gets in the way of your car race. Right. In fact, you're almost encouraged to do it. So... Like you can drive across, yeah. You can drive across a football field and take out all the footballers. It was great fun when you're ten or younger. (laughs) And in the subsequent years, with the subsequent video game releases, the Grand Theft Auto releases, I played all of them, every single one. I think I currently own multiple copies on multiple platforms of every single game. Have easily played several. I, I try and play at least one of them a year, if not all of the titles a year. So I'm very much like the Grandmaster fan here. So, in short, your plot is going to be a lot different to what I come up with. I can almost guarantee it. it. It's like you're bringing in a, a novel series and I'm bringing in, you know, a sheet of paper with crayon drawn all over yeah. it saying, this is my house. This I could almost guarantee a stick figure that. of me and a dog. But I'd say that one of the main reasons that I was drawn to this game series is because I like the movies that they're based on. Yeah. I was a huge Scarface fan, Goodfellas fan, Godfather fan. Did you find it hard, by the way? Because when you sort of think about making it into a movie, it's kind of already based on a movie already. Yeah. I think that's worth saying as well. The plots aren't always original. As I mentioned a little bit before, they're very much inspired by the plots. And then, in fact, they're almost direct parodies of famous action movie and crime movie Scarface, plots. Scarface um, is the big one, I guess. And Boys in the Hood, yeah. Menace to Society, yeah. Heat by Michael Mann. Yeah, yeah. Any Tarantino movie you can think of. Well, maybe not his westerns, but still, <laughs> from Pulp Fiction to Kill Bill, all of them are referenced in some regard. These are all like hugely acclaimed movies and popular movies. So, as I mentioned before, again, ripe for exploiting in a video game. Yeah. And so the Grand Theft Auto games have always been very much tongue-in-cheek parodies, but at the same time, loving homages to these kinds of movies. So... I know what direction I went in with my fantasy plot, I suppose you could say. I have no idea with mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I suppose without further ado, we should get into what let's, we came up with. Let's do it. Let's do and it. Matty D again has requested to go first. That's right. So I think we take turns if people have not realized this, how one week I go first. In the yeah. Because we're gentlemen. We're old school Absolutely. gentlemen. This week, because of obvious reasons, I've decided to put my hand up to go first. This I, is just like with our Dragon Ball episode, mm, another franchise that I had a massive deep connection with. I know you have an encyclopedia of knowledge with this universe and mine is relatively new yes and also I don't want to be influenced by what you say so I just want you know my understanding to be put out there unchanged and untampered and you can judge for what you want oh and and I I will you know enjoy your plot for all its detail so So, as we said with the Dragon Ball episode you going first is just a circumstance of tearing off the bandaid getting it out of the way so you can sit back and coast through the rest of the episode and I love doing that so my movie it's called Grand Theft Auto. Oh, it's original. It's original, isn't yeah. it? It's original. And who is your director? Who's bringing us this movie? All right. So originally I had ideas like the director from Drive, which I believe is... Oh, good luck with that name. Uh, what's his name? Nicholas... Nicholas, like... Winding Vern is what I thought. I also thought James Wan could be a good director for it. Oh, um, yeah? Didn't he do one of the Fast and Furious movies? Exactly. A couple of those ones? That's that's why I get it off, because it's kind of fitting. But you know what I thought? Also, it, they're referenced in a whole bunch of Grand exactly, Theft Auto games exactly. as well. Basically, so, any action movie you can think of... 
guaranteed there's a yeah. proxy in a Grand Theft Auto game or a mission but that's based on it. What I'm going to do with my script is I've got my script together and I'm going to go around to Mr. Tarantino's house. I'm going to knock on his door. Oh, I'm going to really? tie him up. I'm going to force him down because I know he likes writing his own script. I'm like, you're going to make this into a movie exactly as it appears on the sheet. And he's going to be like, rrr, rrr. he'll eventually agree. Because okay. he he'll read it and be like, this is genius. <laughs> this this is, is better than anything I could have written. Exactly. Matty D, wow. Exactly. So the director is Quentin Tarantino. Wow, the title okay. is Grand Theft Auto. And I'm glad you said that earlier about being kind of a loving parody of other movies. Because yes. this movie will well, be- movies. Grand Theft Auto isn't a movie. Except movies, yeah. Unless, of course, you're counting the Ron Howard Grand Theft Auto movie from the 70s. Oh my God, this is what I got here. No. Okay. Um, because- this movie is a loving parody of Grand Theft Auto. That's okay. what I want you yep. to think about it as. Kind of like the Postal movie was a loving parody of the Postal video game. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, here we go. Grand Theft Auto. So, opening title appears. Then we see a title caption that says, Liberty City, 2001. Mm. We see a mysterious character called Clyde. Played Clyde. By- <laughs> Clyde. I mean, Claude. No, his name is Clyde. Okay. Which I'll get into. Is he one of the ghosts? Inky Blinky from (laughs) Pac-Man? So, I know you're going to make fun of this all throughout it, but there'll be certain similarities because I figure- Okay, okay, I'm with you I figure I can't copy- What they've done. What they've done because the characters will be different and the characters will be- will go in different directions. Right. But they're kind of based on original characters from- The video games. The video games as as like a nod. So, so Clyde will dress very much and look very much like Claude, Mm -hmm. have similar characteristics, but what he'll do in the movie and how he'll be will not follow the game. Right. Okay. But it's going to be it's going to be a I'll reference. I'll bite my tongue from now on. So that's a theme, and that's deliberate. His name is Clyde Sped. <laughs> and his name is Clyde. So Clyde, played by Robert Patterson, is driving oh, through. Oh, there you go. A night- I did consider him for my cast. Get as well. out, really? Yeah. I'm a fan. I, I don't. I think he's a good actor. He doesn't get a doesn't get enough credit. So he's driving through the nighttime. Think Drive, nighttime city. Uh, oh the- yeah, Drive is also referenced in a Grand Theft Auto game. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, so he's driving through the city of New York. Um, well, not New York. It's Liberty, Liberty City. city but yep. It's like a city a like of New York. City like it's, it's filmed in New York, just for reference. Yeah. Uh, listening to the police radio, he parks and watches a wealthy businessman get out of his really rich sports car. As the wealthy guy leaves, he casually goes up to the vehicle. I don't know why, but I'm imagining Boss Hog. Sure. Can definitely be. <laughs> From the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> and then our hero Clyde breaks in and starts hot wiring the car. As he's thinking he's getting away, we see the wealthy guy pat his pockets down and realized he forgot his wallet or something or something. So right. he goes back to the car and realizes Clyde is stealing it. Clyde races off and realizes that the wealthy guy is chasing after him and then calls the police. On the radio, it sort of indicates that the police mm-hmm. noticed that he's stolen the car. So he's rushing off and a car chase ensues. A good old fashioned car chase where he's being chased by the police in this fast car. He manages to. So it's very similar it. to the opening of Drive. Very similar. Might, some might say you, I ripped it off, okay. but no, no, it's not a rip off. No, no one ever would. No one would ever say that. And eventually, Clyde thinks he's getting away, but then he crashes it or something, or gets like you know those spikes in the road and yeah. comes to a halt. And the police officer comes up to him and tells him he's busted. <laughs> Do you like that? Yes. Now, new scene. It's 1986. Wow, we're going back in time. We are going back in time. And we're at a bank and we've got a character whose name is Vinny. <laughs> Played by... Vinny uh, Versimilini. <laughs> now I'm going to butcher this guy's name. <laughs> Played by uh, John... Goodman? I'm going <laughs> to... I hope I pronounce his name right, but I like this actor. Uh, his name's John Bernthal. He plays the Punisher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Berenthal. He's really good. He's really good. Uh, so he enters with a gang. They pull out their weapons and they threaten the tellers to give them everything they got. He was in The Walking Dead. That's right, he was in The Walking Dead. Um, and the short-lived Mob City. Was that what it was called? I think so. Yeah, Mob yeah, City. I think so. so they've got a doorman that's keeping watch and he's sort of looking out the window with a gun and he's sort of indicating, all fine, you can keep going. But there's a police
police officer that parks outside. I was originally going to have him, me playing this bumbling officer, but okay, I, that was I'm, your cameo. I'm going to save it for a little, my cameo for later. Okay. Um. So the officer is just outside the gas station, so he's not there. He doesn't have any awareness of the bank robbery that's so taking there's place. A, a petrol station across the street from the bank, where <laughs> to presume? Sure, that's okay. right. But this watchman, uh, this doorman, is just keeping an eye on him. When the doorman sees the police officer, he's going to grab a donut. He's fueling his car. He yells. The doorman to or the police officer. The, I, the police officer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The doorman yells at Vinny, one star, because this is code for oh, police for, heat. Yeah, police heat. Exactly. Okay. Do you think that's clever? I thought that was clever. Um, mm. Vinny sees someone move impulsively, and he shoots one of the staff. This attracts the police officer that pulls the gun out of the holster, and they all go into crisis. So this uh, escalates into a shootout where they get in the car and they try to escape. The doorman's announcing three stars, three stars, three stars as they're just driving away from the police. They get pulled over, big gunfight, and there's helicopters being called, which the doorman says they're on five stars now. And Vinny gets shot, but as he's the getting- military's going to come in any second now. <laughs> but as he gets shot, another car pulls up just in the nick of time, pulls him in the car and drives away so Vinny gets saved by the nick of time by some people that realised it was going bad and they came in to save him and the driver turns to Vinny who's bleeding out the passenger seat and says man he's almost wasted (laughs) he's such an alcoholic you see it would have gone better if you weren't drunk title appears (laughs) Ford in time it's 1992 a young man a young man called TJ played by (laughs) TJ Hooker (laughs) played by Michael B. Jordan Okay, he was almost in my plot as well. Get out. Is uh, sitting in a limo facing two important people. The leader is played, uh, or the most prominent member is played by Emma Thompson. who I've been I'm- in Black International fame. Exactly, exactly. Who is playing Miss Penny. Okay. Notice if there is any yeah. character alignment there. And they are telling him that they have years of evidence that can put him away for a really long time. TJ tells him that that was his old life. These are government types and they give him an ultimatum to go back to San Andreas and take down the members of his gang that he used to be a part of. Before TJ leaves the car, uh, they tell him, remember, no matter where you go, a criminal is always a criminal. Then Mm. that's our opening. We get a stylistic shot of a busy city jumping between each cities. The 1986 city of Vice City, the 2001 city of Liberty City, and the San Andreas city of 1992. Cars drive past, people interact. There are workers on the streets. Um, In the Navy, for for no reason at all. (laughs) All the cities are full of life. So then we get Vinny. He is visited in hospital by an older man. Uh, played by Al Pacino. Who is in my plot? I haven't <laughs> named this character. Do you want to name him? I'll give you the opportunity to name him. No, I have named him. His name's Kaiser. Okay. Um, he begins yelling at Vinny about Kaiser. How- Sauce. Um, he begins yelling at Vinny, uh, saying how careless he is. He says uh, that he's bailed him out of trouble. What are you doing? <laughs> he says, You're useless. He says he's bailed him out of trouble and throws him a plane ticket and says, You've got to go to Vice City. He's in Liberty City at this stage. Um, says him, You've got Wait, to go to Vice City. Was, what was his name? Timmy, who was the guy robbing the bank? Vinny was robbing Vinny, the bank. Vinny, that's it. So Vinny was robbing the bank and it wasn't in Vice City? No, I just said it was in 1986. It yeah, wasn't okay. in Vice City. Sorry, I should have clarified that. But yeah, it so doesn't even currently matter. In, so they're in like Red Dick or somewhere yeah, out. It doesn't really <laughs> matter. Else in it doesn't really matter where they are. So Kaiser yells at Vinny about how careless he was and that he bailed out of trouble. He throws a plane ticket to him and tells him to go to Vice City. He tells Vinny to go and lay low for a while. He's going to help run a bar that he owns. It's seen as a demotion for Vinny and punishment for his failure of the heist. Right. Clyde is shown leaving the hospital being picked up by his friend Josh Gad. In, in 2001. In 2001. Okay. This is going to be so confusing for the audience. Yep. Who is uh, Josh Gad who plays Husky who is waiting for him outside. 
Because he got caught in the start. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Following along. So from this point on, the movie is split into three separate lives and timelines, and we'll switch between the two. For ease, I'm just going to break down each story like okay. I've done before. Yep. Just run into it. The main connection will be the radio, which will feature one Kieran as oh. a 80s retro DJ. <laughs> what a treat. And one Maddie D as a 90s hip hop DJ. Oh, wow. In, in so appropriate. Timelines. <laughs> so I'm oh, gonna- it's the Maddie D rap hour. <laughs> Up next, run DMC. <laughs> I'm going to do the Vinny story first. You ready for okay. it? Yep, I'm ready. So Vinny goes to an LA-style club run by Dominic, which LA is- LA-style club in Vice City. In Vice City, Which yeah. is based in Miami. A Miami-style club. Okay. Uh, run by Dominic, who's played by John Rhys-Davies. Um, mm. Initially, they're having a problem with bikers that are bullying the local clubs. Vinny brings the fight to them in a series of exchanges. They defeat them so bad they end up leaving town. Eventually, Vinny, and I'm just speeding this up, decides instead of you know helping the club prosper, he's just going to go into business for himself. He's also influenced by the femme fatale, played by Margot Robbie. Mm. And instead of giving the cut to the family, they just keep it for themselves. Eventually, this annoys Kaiser, and the family come to assassinate them. They kill Dominic, but Vinny survives. And then he goes into Kaiser's mansion, which is Al Pacino. Mm. And in a a pretty much Scarface scene, shoots everybody and eventually kills- Very similar to Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Kills Kaiser. In a very loose way. Yep. And that's the Vinny story. Here's the TJ story. So when TJ returns to San Andreas, he sees his old buddy Chuck, played by uh, the guy who plays Finn, uh, John- What are you talking about? Finn in Star Wars. Oh, John Boyega. Yeah, that's right. Who was working at Cluck and Bell. (laughs) Okay. Um, Chuck is happy to see him. When he finishes his shift, he takes him around San Andreas. Uh, Since TJ is a renowned driver, Chuck tells him to go for a drag race late at night. TJ is forced into driving through a massive drag race, which leads him through those famous sewers. Oh, the Think? flood control. Yep. TJ wins the race. LA River. Win- wins the prize, which is a really cool 70s car off a rival gang, which are called the Ballers, mm. and then is embraced by the Grove Street gang and their leader, don't hate me, P. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the best I could come up with. P. Uh, cool. <laughs> Man, I think I need to see a doctor. Played by Something's wrong. <laughs> played by Denzel Washington. Okay. TJ goes through a montage with hanging out, um, hanging out with the gang. When they come back to their cul-de-sac, they realize the ballers have stolen their car. They break into the ballers' camp and steal uh, the camp. Car. Sorry, break into their like area. <laughs> They've got the car like all locked up. They steal their back their, their car. hood. They go into their hood. You yeah, mean. yeah. Their Don't you camp. know? I'm, I'm the guy that wrote they the lasso the car and take it back with a head of cattle. I'm the guy that wrote the name Pickle. Like I know my lingo. Oh, wait, you know what you're talking about. You're the DJ on the hip hop station. That's that's damn right. Um, oh my god. <laughs> Where was I up to? All right. Yeah. So they this just prompts- lassoed the car back <laughs> this, from the- This prompts the ballers to the come- The ballers ranch. Exactly. Yeah. They, they got it back. And this prompts the ballers to come back and have a mass shootout. This injures P. Cool in the process and he actually gets arrested as well because the cops come in and leaves the leadership to TJ. He then progressively defeats his old gang members um, who have left the gang and joined gangs and are leading gangs of their own. The Grove Street gang thinks this is building up their power, but really sort of TJ is doing the government's bidding. Mm, he's working for Miss Penny. He's working for Miss Penny, and you never know if he's working for the gang or working for the government until eventually Miss Penny tells him that his last job is to execute Chuck, his best friend. Oh no! He takes out. Uh, he takes Chuck. This out. is John Boyega's character. That's right. right? He okay. takes Chuck. He's kind of like the friend through this whole thing. Yeah. He takes Chuck out for a drive, much like a golden retriever, out in the wilderness, out in the San Andreas <laughs> desert. He points a gun out to him, but I was can't, confused for a second. Can't, a golden retriever. Can't yeah, bear him. Yeah, can't bring himself to to kill him. So he gives Chuck the keys <laughs> to that famous car because Chuck's just looking at him, going. Oh. <laughs> 
exactly. With his huge eyes. Exactly. Well, you know, he's such a lovable guy. Yeah. And then, like, gives him the keys to that beautiful car, whatever. I don't know model cars, so it can be just really cool, like Starsky and Hutch car. And realizes that this- Maybe it's a Sabre. Real, yeah, maybe. Sabre Turbo. Even. <laughs> Who knows? And he realized this means he's a dead man. He then takes the fight to Miss Penny in an office building, and there's a gunfight where he wins. Now we got the Clyde story. Final story. Wow, that uh, was like a combination of San Andreas, Max Payne, and Red Dead Redemption for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's very inspired by Red Dead Redemption. I'm taking what I know. Yeah. Um, so Clyde, when Clyde leaves jail, he meets an underground crime leader who's introduced to him by Husky, which is Josh Gatt, whose name is Michael Hauser. Mm, interesting. Played by Josh Brolin who takes a liking to his quiet demeanor. Clyde is, tries to go on the straight and narrow, but is rejected because of his criminal record. So he starts doing jobs for the family. He starts taking more mo- on more money, getting more respect, gaining more, you know, the classic... He's getting all these respect thing. points building yep. up. Yep. And Husky then starts insinuating... It's like, I wish I could do something about my sex appeal, Meter. <laughs> I got a suit for you. Mm. Um, so Husky starts insinuating that... Uh, Hauser is jealous of Clyde. This sort of culminates into the two facing off. But before they actually get to kill each other, the cops are called and it realizes that they were set up. We then see Husky on TV being interviewed by a Mr. Laszlo on his TV Ooh. show. Is Laszlo played by Laszlo Jones? The La- yep, Laszlo Jones. Perfect cameo. Yep. We see him advertising his tell-all memoir of his book that's coming out about the underground Husky crime family. Is. Husky, yes. Okay. So Husky has betrayed everybody, including his friend Clyde. And when he's visiting Hauser, Brolin in jail. Hauser tells him that he found information about the book he's, he's written and it's completely fabricated. It makes himself look really cool and really like righteous, but he damns everybody else, making Clyde especially look like a gun-totaling psychopath. Mm. And that leads all of them to get arrested. Um, so Clyde goes to confront Husky. But there is a group of protesters who are angry about Husky's book and notoriety. Oh, feeling I they were that, protesting the tunnel. <laughs> feeling that it inspires violence in young people. They are ultra-violent. They go in and they decide they're going to kill Husky. Husky pleads with Clyde to save him, but Clyde turns his back as the angry mob just brutally murder him. Mm. Last scene we see is Vinny just hanging out on a speedboat on the sunset. Back in 1986. Back in 1986, because this is flicking in between. Yeah. TJ is riding his motorbike through the windy mountains of San Andreas. Mm. And we see Clyde just walking through uh, a busy Liberty City streets and we're hearing just generic radio chatter. The end. Mm. There we go. There we go. So it's almost like a little anthology tale. Three separate stories. That's right. In the wild and wacky world of Grand Theft Auto. It's, I couldn't find any other way to do it other than you've got to take a little bit of each. I've got to say, in a weird way, we've kind of gone in it no. in the same direction. No, really? We're not exactly the same, but we've both approached it in eerily similar ways. Jesus, wow. I thought I was unique here. And we've both even got Al Pacino in it. So <laughs> I bet you're looking <laughs> forward think, to seeing how I incorporated Al Pacino I think Pacino you have to have him one. in it. I don't know if it's because I've done a pretty similar thing myself, but I think this is the best way to approach adapting Grand Theft Auto into a movie. Uh-huh. I don't think you could ever adapt one of the games because their plots are too long and too based on other movies already. So yeah. I think the best way to do it is to take elements from the game rather than focusing on any one particular story. Take elements of the game or suggestions of the game oh, or yeah. even the game world itself and do an original story. You can pay homage to plots of other games, which is what I did and which is what you did, but there's no way that you'd just be able to do a straight movie. With just the one plot of one yeah, game because you'd exactly. be missing out on other stuff. And you'd be missing all the nuances of mm. that game as well. And yeah. In fact, the reason that they work as video games so well yeah. is because you couldn't do it in well, a movie. Well, a Vice City movie would just be Scarface. Scarface. Or Blow or Donnie Brasco That's or right. one of the many movies that it's based on. So 
Let's get straight into my plot, shall Let's we? Do it. I'm very excited to share all this with you. <laughs> I'm excited. Interestingly enough, I've took the very original title of Grand Theft Auto for my movie. What? And now my movie is going to be very stylized. Who's so directing it? I've got director Craig Gillespie. Oh yeah, making the movie now. He was the director of I Tonya, as oh, everyone you knows. Love this guy from listening to previous episodes. I'm a big fan of that movie, and I think he's really good at emulating the Martin Scorsese style. Martin Scorsese would be good directing this movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, I am more realistic. I didn't think I'd be able to get Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino, but the movie that I had in mind, stylistically speaking, is a combination of Martin Scorsese, Michael Mann, Quentin Tarantino, early Paul Thomas Anderson, and with a little dash of the Hughes brothers thrown in. All right. So elements of all those directors in a big mixing pot directed by the guy who brought us I, Tonya. So he knows how to emulate those styles very well. So I think it would work if you had the right budget. I can see it. The main character of this movie as well will be the soundtrack, and it's going to be the perfect combination of classic 70s rock, 80s pop, and golden age hip-hop. So this will be sprinkled all throughout the movie, and the three main characters will have their own genre of music that basically follows them around, I suppose representing their backgrounds or what style of movie they're from. So I, uh, Yeah, I get what you mean. So to represent their personalities. Yeah, absolutely. For the most part. I mean, if, So it's like when Michael in the last Grand Theft Auto had rock style music. Well, he, you can listen to whatever music you want, but I suppose in his downtime, he's listening to classic rock yeah. where Franklin would be listening to hip hop. Yeah. Presumably, you can listen to whatever you want, as I said, and Trevor would be listening to punk or country music. Yeah, something along those lines. So getting straight into the plot, since I've got quite a lengthy plot that I've attempted to breeze through here, Let's attack it. The movie will open with a Scorsese-esque montage where we'll be introduced to our three main characters who each live in three separate cities. Oh, really? Across the GTA USA. Sound familiar so far? Sounds very familiar. So we start off in 1982 in Vice City. Oh, wow. You'll see the title card come up. And it's late afternoon in an industrial shipyard. Here we meet one of our main characters, Alex Perez, not to be confused with the MMA fighter. (laughs) Why'd you name him that? Just was a good name. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) And his business partner, who are in the middle of buying two kilos of cocaine from a local gang of drug dealers. Alex is played by Michael Mando, who you may remember from Far Cry 3. He played the villain in that game. Uh He's also one of the main characters on Better Call Saul. Okay. He's very much like a tough guy, Latino heavy man. The deal is going well until both parties are ambushed by heavily armed masked thugs, all of who have distinctive Italian-American accents. Now, that's important for later on, so pay attention to that. Okay, noted. Just as the masked thugs are demanding that the two parties hand over their drugs and money, police and noose officers, which noose, of course, being... They're obviously they the GTA. <laughs> They're the GTA equivalent of the SWAT. Surround them in every direction. I feel like I'm listening to a bedtime story. I very much wrote it like it was a bedtime story. Not not to say it's, it's not my kind exciting. of bedtime story. Just to say, like, you well, know you are falling asleep as I'm talking. You so. know your stuff so well. It's like I'm just in awe, just going, "Wow, look at all the backstory." Well, I more so reference movies than I did specific games, but there's definitely large dashes of the games as well in here. Uh-huh. As is typical of this sort of scenario, an all-out firefight breaks out. Alex's partner is killed in the crossfire but Alex himself is able to escape the scene unharmed. It's almost very similar to what happened in yours, but nice. not really. We cut forward to 1989, which, mind you, is the present day for the movie, so the rest of the movie will take place in 1989. We're not going to jump in time anymore from this point. Maybe a little bit at the end, but... Okay. Present day is 1989. So we jump to the Duke's neighbourhood of Liberty City, which is a proxy for Queens 
and New York, respectively. Here we meet Robbie DeLuca, who's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> nice. He's playing an Italian-American, even though I don't think Joseph himself is one. <laughs> he could right. do it. He yeah, do I it. think I could see it. I could see this character that I'm I was more so be. going for the look rather than mm-hmm. any sort of background or characters that he's played in yeah. movies before. So Robbie is a low-level thug working for the Leone crime family, and we're introduced to him while he's in the middle of shaking down a laundromat for protection money. Okay. So I imagine that you'll see the laundromat from outside, like a bin or something will smash through the window you'll see him beat up the laundromat owner and he'll probably say the famous line from Grand Theft Auto 3 you'll be using your own washing machines to launder your bloodstained clothes man what a hothead so this is all in montage mind you just keep that in mind right we're moving real quick we've got different music for each character so we- like jazz for uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt <laughs> no I'm thinking um, more I'm 70s joking. rock but yeah I suppose you could throw in a little bit of New York style jazz yeah. it'd be fun we then cut to the suburb of Davis in south central Los Santos which is of course based on Compton in Los Angeles, respectively, again. And here we meet Tony Williams, who's played by Donald Glover. Nice. Almost Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> nice. Tony is resistant to the ever growing gang culture in Los Santos. However, due to the lack of opportunities offered to him through living in one of Los Santos's poorest neighborhoods, Tony currently works for a local chop shop where he steals specific cars as a part of an insurance scam. You know how that works, right? Yeah. So people pay you. Where have I seen that before? Yeah, people pay you to steal their car so they can collect on the insurance money. It's not exactly the same as in Grand Theft Auto V where they're running an insurance scam through a car dealership. This is something that people in real life actually do. In fact, I know somebody who's done this. Really? One of his friends paid him to steal his car because the car wasn't as worth as much as the insurance on it was. Yeah. Now, of course, once they steal the cars... Was it you? (laughs) No, it wasn't me. Allegedly. It was not Kieran. Allegedly. (laughs) Anyone listening? It's mutually beneficial for everybody because the owner of the car can collect on the insurance and the chop shop can sell the car, break it down, sell it for parts and make more money than the the car's even worth in the first place. So Tony in this situation is just the guy who has to do all the heavy lifting. He's the one who has to break in the car, take all the heat. Now, after this initial introduction, we also learn that our three protagonists have a tragic side. Alex has a wife and young child who hasn't seen in years. Robbie's father was killed when Robbie was only a kid, forcing him into a life of petty crime to support himself and his mother. And Tony has a sick father who requires regular expensive medical procedures. Tony hides his criminal activities from his sick father, as Tony feels that disappointing him will cause his father to lose hope entirely. Aww. I like this, Tony. The chop shop that Tony works for is run by the Sindaco crime family, and Tony's driving skills and his ability to evade police capture have impressed Johnny Sindaco, who is played by Michael Imperioli, who plays Christopher Moltisanti on The Sopranos, though you may remember him as, I think, the police investigator in The Lovely Bones. Right. That's a movie I know you've seen. Yeah. I think any Sopranos fan will know who he is. He's one of the main characters. Now, Johnny is a high-ranking member of the Sindaco family, and he feels that Tony's skills are perfect for an upcoming scheme he's hatching. You see, the three major mafia families, the Sindacos, the Frellis, and the Leones, have recently set aside their differences and each purchased an equal share in Caligula's Casino in Los Venturas. All right. Now, Caligula's Casino is in San Andreas. This is a very similar plot line to in San Andreas itself. I'm just going to assume every place is in the game. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> this is actually based on a completely optional storyline in San Andreas. So most players may not have even known that you can even do this in well, the there game. There you go, players. You got an Easter egg. But yeah, Caligula's Casino is based on Caesar's Palace and of course Los Venturas is based on Las Vegas so Los Venturas is Spanish for Lost Ventures just a little bit of trivia there for you now the three crime families have used this casino purchase as a peace agreement though each family also suspects that the other two families are up to something whether that's founded or not that's a complete mystery 
Johnny Sindaka's major scheme is to rob the casino, and then after the three families blame each other and inevitably go back to war, he can swoop in and pick up the pieces. Along with Tony, Johnny has recruited two other members for this daring heist. Can you guess who they are? Uh, the other two characters? Yes, Robbie and Alex. Is it Maddie D and Kieran? No, we're not in it yet. Alex found out that the Ferelli family were responsible for the ambush on his drug deal back in 1982. Okay. Remember they had Italian-American accents? Yes. That's why it's important. He's been plotting his revenge on their leaders, the brothers Franco and Marco Ferelli, played by Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, respectively. No, really? How good would they be? Oh my God, they'd be fantastic. As brothers. Mafia boss brothers. (laughs) What a dynamic. What a movie. So as I just said, Alex is plotting revenge for the death of his partner, his drug dealing partner. He's been plotting this for the last few years. Also, as a child, Robbie, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, witnessed the death of his father at the hands of the Don of the Leone family, Salvatore Leone, who in this circumstance is played by Al Pacino. Yes! And Robbie eventually joined the Leone family in an attempt to rise through the ranks and get close enough to Salvatore to pull off his revenge. But since he is only half Italian, Robbie is getting nowhere in the family fast. He's not a made man. He can never be a made man. can never be made. So he's just relegated to thug throughout his entire mafia career. Now, when these two were approached by Johnny Sindaco, they both jumped at the chance to hit their respective foes where it'll hurt them the most, their wallets. So the wheels are in motion. So... I think the next section of the movie, the whole next segment of the movie, will be the three characters getting to know each other while they prepare for the heist. So similar to the big heist scene in San Andreas and similar to the big heist preparations in Grand Theft Auto V, it'll be mainly played for last, but the three characters will get to know each other, they'll have to work together, and it'll all be a good time. It'll be more so along the lines of Reservoir Dogs. Do you remember in Reservoir Dogs how all yes. the, the main characters hung out together and laughed and just... Went to diners. Yeah, just had references to old TV shows that they used to watching funny stories and their feelings on tipping so on and so forth more like that than anything else now their whole preparations as well oh it's basically overall going to be like a big parody of the Ocean's Eleven's movies as well because they're trying to prepare a big casino heist in the middle of Las Venturas, Las Vegas and then think about how those movies set up their heist. So they're trying to get all the equipment together, you know, yeah. uniforms, pass codes, pass badges, pass cards, ID cards, whatever you Way need. out of the yeah, security. Exactly. So this will all be done in montage and we'll have a few moments where we get to know the characters a little better. So this will all culminate in the big heist where we, the audience, will be on the edge of our seats as the trio in infiltrates the casino, empties their vault and evades the police as well as some mafia goons in a high-speed pursuit. Now, this is where we'll have our cameo. You and I yeah. will be playing hapless police officers who are a little bit overeager and we end up flipping our police car and landing on the roof. Oscar nomination. Maybe even driving into a one. pole. <laughs> Who's driving? Either Me. of us could have. <laughs> Me. <laughs> driving into a pole. And uh, I like to imagine that you've just come in carrying coffee and donuts and we've had to take off and you're like trying to keep the coffee and donuts stable <laughs> and it's like going all over the place and when it flips over it just goes everywhere. Oh no, that sounds like a tragedy. Well, not for us. We've just made our big Hollywood debut. Again, it's better than being eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> we then have a... Tell you what I liked about that movie. What? Those two cops in the car. Yeah. They were really memorable. They were really great. They outshone Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And... <laughs> Joseph who? Yeah. I want that guy to be Robin. We then have a scene of all the heads of the three crime families meeting in the casino penthouse. This is Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and another uncast member. I like that you've cast like old school mafia dons. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like, it's like, like a stereotypical of the torch almost. movie dons. And this scene, they'll all scream and point guns at each other, blaming one another for the robbery. But before any of them can fire a shot, they're all taken out by an attack helicopter that opens fire on them through the penthouse windows. Exactly like the scene in Godfather 3 that no one remembers. <laughs> 
Thanks to Tony's skills as a getaway driver, our trio is able to lose the heat and make it back to the Rendezvous Point, a warehouse on the outskirts of Los Venturas. There, they are met by Johnny Sindaco and a group of mafia goons who, of course, planned the whole time to double-cross them, take their share of the money, and cut any ties between Johnny Sindaco and the heist. No, they were played. Just as it looks like Johnny has won, he and his goons are taken out by snipers and the warehouse fills with heavily armed FIB agents. Not to be confused with FBI agents. And these FBI agents, sorry, these FIB agents arrest our trio. They were lazy when they thought of that one. Yes. Well, they were originally FBI in the early games, but it wasn't until the newer games that they became FIB. FIB. But that's kind of like... Fib. Yeah, a pun in itself, exactly. But there's a twist! Instead of arresting him, the FIB congratulate Alex on a job well done. (gasps) Oh, no. We flash back to 1982, where we learn that Alex and his drug deal partner were undercover FIB agents the whole time. Wow. And it wasn't the Ferrellis who ambushed the deal, but Johnny Sindaco and his goons. So he was following the drug trail basically the whole time until the drug deal went wrong, ambushed by Johnny Sindaco, so on and so forth. And it just so happened to be undercover agents that they ambushed instead of fellow criminals, which has led Alex to this personal vendetta where he's been undercover this whole time for so many years, like Max Payne, I suppose, chasing the big bad, which was Johnny Sindaco. So both Tony and Robbie scowl at Alex as they're hauled away by the FIB, but Alex assures them that he'll make sure that the FIB goes easy on them since they helped with the case. In a final montage, we see Alex call his estranged wife, promising that he'll come to visit them very soon. We also see that Robbie's mother and Tony's sick father received an unmarked package containing a stack of money, proving that crime doesn't pay, except for when it does. (laughs) Except for this entire franchise. Yes. And that is my plot. Look how fast I got that out of the way. You you sped through that. You soniced it. Like I said, I didn't want to get into too many details just because I know we'd be here all day otherwise, but we really could expand it out into a three-hour epic if we really wanted to. Sounds like it was really thought out. A little bit similar to mine, but not as similar as I thought it may have been. I thought you were- Yeah, the three main characters actually meet each other. I was totally waiting for the scene at the end. That's what I originally wrote. Where they all rock up and meet each other in yours. I was thinking that when the Josh Glad character had wrote that memoir, it also framed the other two. and they're like. Come in older Retrospectively They all come into that warehouse And do a final shootout And they're like Ah no that's stupid So I didn't do it Fair enough Whatever works for you Better than my original idea About a game designer (laughs) What? Tell me more about this Uh, I was originally Going to have a game designer That went to prison That tried to make a racing game And because he had a criminal history No one would Hire him No one would hire him So he DMA Didn't hire him (laughs) So he had to So he had to go to A mafia family Because he was a good driver That's what he was arrested for Grand Theft Auto And that's why he designed those games And then he does crime so that he can make the video game. <laughs> so it, it's a one-man project, is it? <laughs> no, nah, he had another character. <laughs> okay, he had yeah. a second person helping him out with yeah, this right. huge project. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. I think that movie exists already. Does I think it? it stars um, Daniel Radcliffe. Really? Yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but I remember the Hauser brothers weren't entirely happy about it because they didn't paint them in a particularly positive yeah. light. And then I was going to have the other character stealing the game, and then it just became into the memoir. You're like, this is just too messy. Well, I'm going to do an easier plot. It reminded me too much of Bewitched, the movie Bewitched. Really? How so? Well, you know how Bewitched was about they write a TV show, but the characters are still the characters. 
It reminded me too much of that. Like the Will Ferrell, the, the, the Will, Will Ferrell, Ferrell movie. Nicole Sorry, Kidman I should movie. Have said that. Yeah, the Will Ferrell movie. Right. And that movie was so bad. I was like, oh, it just bothered me. I can't say that I've seen it. I didn't even Not know that good. there was a plot line of it. Not good, no. Well, there we go. But yeah, there you go. If you wanted to know where my mind was originally. Right. And then my brother was just like, why don't you just do like all three stories? I'm like, and I just scrunched up my like paper and went, yep, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, don't apologize, Manny D. It was fine enough for me. <laughs> now that we've finished talking about Grand Theft Auto, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about next week. Let's do it. You like superhero movies, don't if you, Manny there's D? Anything I love talking about, Kieran. It's superhero movies. You're a big fan. Absolutely. And what we're doing next week is we're revisiting one of the movies that we've previously discussed yes. on this show. Yes. Is it what I think it is? Shazam. Yes. I'm so excited. And we're seeing how close you and I got to the actual plot. Now, people loved this movie. Some people didn't, but some people loved it. So It sort of came and went in my eyes. <laughs> right, right. I don't know anyone who was talking about it. Did you yeah, even see it? I did not, but we had okay. some we had Neither some pretty bold predictions in that one, so it'll be interesting when we when we revisit it and see yes. and re-listen to what we said. And I see know it. one of us was closer than the other one, so I'm very excited <laughs> to talk all about that next week. Yep. So thanks very much for listening to our rambling plots this week. Yep. And join us next week oh. to revisit Shazam. You want to say something, Matty oh, D? I was going to say, if you have any Grand Theft Auto plots, let yeah, us know. Yeah, we already asked people last week. Yes, well, fuck them then. You can say that <laughs> no, the Grand Theft Auto plot. One in. If they were inspired by our plots this episode, you can send one They're in. Just like, oh my God, I thought of the best script. There's several places that you can send your ideas. You can leave us a comment. It's going to be a very long comment if you're trying to condense a plot into it. But yeah, you can leave us a comment on this episode's page on Podbean. Otherwise, we've got an email address, which is potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Or we have a Facebook page. You can send us a little personal message there on the page. Or you can post it on the main page for everyone to see. It's Potential Spoilers Podcast. It's pretty easy to find just using the Facebook search function. Like a modern millennium. <laughs> like a modern day person. They are the very model of a modern day millennial. Wow, that was really cool. Yes. So join us next week for Shazam. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Say and